Good? It's a good day, right? Well, I want to first say thank you to Pastor Gary for giving me this opportunity. He is enjoying himself in Florida. He'll be back Tuesday, so let's pray for a safe return. This morning, we are continuing the conversation on love. We're in 1 Corinthians. We are looking at chapter 13, verse 7. And it says, love bears all things. Maybe you have a a translation that says, love always protects. See, the 1 Corinthians, it was originally written in the Greek. And the term translated bear is related to the Greek word for roof. Roof, not roof. Like a dog barking, right? How many of you naturally, right, we're in West Michigan, it's it's a roof. It's a roof. Everybody say it, roof. Gotcha. So Paul is saying that you literally are putting a roof on. I said it, roof. It's a roof. Roof. So he's saying is that it's a covering. You actually are, are keeping something confidential or you actually are putting up with something. I want to say this morning that love covers, it protects, and it conceals the weakness of others. The Apostle Peter wrote, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. How many of you have ever been to Great Wolf Lodge? Right? It wasn't for a honeymoon, right? I hope. So a couple months ago, Sam and I, we wanted to take the kids, and it was our first time, and I'm not kidding you, immediately when you walk into that place, there's this faint echoing, and I don't think kids can hear it, but, but parents can hear it, and it's, it's this, buy this, upgrade your room, just one more. How many of you have heard that voice before, right? It's like, stop it. So but anyways, you walk in there, and I kid you not, kids are crawling everywhere, literally. They're hanging from the rafters. They are everywhere. And on top of it, who puts a candy shop in a place like that, right? Great marketing, but kids don't need candy shops at a place like that, especially my kids. No judging. Judge-free zone, right? Don't be judging my kids. So anyways, I I didn't really understand how protective I was of my kids until I went there. Wow. Right? How many of you naturally are a helicopter parent? Remember, this is a good day we're talking about love. So we can can be honest, right? Love covers a multitude of sins. Look, nobody's like, I'm not answering that. No way. You're the children's pastor. Right? So anyways, I don't like to think of myself as a helicopter parent, but... Man, did I learn a lot about myself. And as a pastor, naturally, we're philanthropists. We want to study humans. And I was really surprised by a couple of things. I won't get into details, but one of them was this. All the kids just running around, and I'm like, where's your parent? Where? Hey, how are you doing, buddy? Good. And, you know, I'm on one knee. I don't want people freaking out, like, who is that guy talking to my kids? I'm like, where? 
where's your, where's your parent? He's, I don't know, a five-year-old. I don't know. I'm just running around. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, now I'm not this, I'm not this, okay? So there's little slides for honor and mercy to go down and I'm okay if kids are cutting in line. I'm not like marching up there like, you know, Mr. T, like, stop cutting in front of my kids. I don't do that. You know, there was a couple times where kids were pushing my kids down the slide. Hey, that, that's okay. I'm not worried about protecting that. But what I want to protect is what I want to possess. And that is my first point this morning. What are you protecting that you want to possess? I want my kids, above all else, to know that I'm engaged with them. What they're thinking about matters. What they see matters. What they hear matters. And even what they want matters. Now, I am not the kind of dad that goes into Wolfie the Wolf shop at Great Wolf Lodge and my kids are like, Daddy, look at Look at Wolfie the Wolf. I don't even know if that's his name. It's only $70. Now, I'm not hating anybody that did that, but I'm just, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. But see, our, our kids' minds are like sponges, right? I want to leave. This is what I want to possess. I want to leave a legacy. I want to leave an inheritance, not just monetary, I want my kids to see a daddy that is God-honoring, faithful, full of love, abounding in mercy, slow to anger, slow to wrath, full of grace. How many parents want your kids to see that in you? And if you don't have kids and you're married, you're praying for that right now, right? Team Skippers, ready for baby girl? Yeah. What? <laughs> we have to pay attention to the details, right? You want to protect what you want to possess? What do you want to possess? Pay attention to the details. Numbers 14 records this powerful moment where Moses protects what he wants to possess. So, for those of you who know me, I love war movies. And so this is like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not reading that yet. I'm kind of going to give you a kind of a backstory, right? So, Moses and the people of Israel, they have been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. And now is the time they get to the land that God has promised them. They got to enter it. But Moses wants to send in, you know, 12 Navy SEAL, Green Beret, um, the best of the best, right? And they're sending them in. And so for 40 days, they cover over 200 miles. And they come back with a report. And this report is misdirected, right? What is misdirected? It's because of fear. We just sang about that song. There is no fear now in Jesus. But they were fearful of what was in the land. Ten of the twelve were. And immediately, immediately, they start grumbling about Moses. We're not going in that land. We don't care about what the two spies, Joshua and Caleb, say. We're not going in that land. And they start yelling and screaming and throwing insults at Moses. And so what does Moses do? He grabs the AK-47 and he, sh no, he doesn't do that, right? Like, no, instead he tears his clothes off. Well, that's kind of different, right? Yeah, how many of you, yeah. So him and his brother, they tear their clothes off. 
And then Joshua and Caleb are like, people of God, remember the promise? Remember the promise that God gave us. This is our land. Let's not be afraid of the people, but let's not rebel against God. You think that they would have gotten it, right? Four people, naked, like, hey, this is a serious thing. No, what do they do? A couple million people grab stones, and they're about ready to stone them to death. And that's where we pick up here. But the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the people of Israel. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will this people despise me? And how long will they not believe in me? In spite of all the signs that I have done among them, I will strike them with a pestilence and a disinherit them. I will make of you a nation greater and mightier than they. What is God saying? I'm wiping them out. Let's start fresh. Moses, I got you, but let's get rid of the couple million people. Let's get rid of them. I want to start fresh. But Moses said to the Lord, then the Egyptians will hear of it. For you brought up this people in your might from among them. And they will tell the inhabitants of this land. They, they have heard that you, O Lord, are in the midst of this people. For you, O Lord, are seen face to face. And your cloud stands over them. And you go before them in pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Now if you kill this people as one man, then the nations who have heard your fame will say, it is because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land that he swore to give to them that he has killed them in the wilderness. And now, please, let the power of the Lord be great as you have promised, saying, Moses is quoting God. The Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, forgiving iniquity and transgression. But he will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. Please pardon the iniquity of this people according to the greatness of your steadfast love, just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt until now. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. Drop the mic, right? Just drop it. See, it's one thing to, to cover, to conceal, to protect the weaknesses of those who love you, those who persecute you, those who are ready to grab the stone and throw it at you. But what did Jesus say in the Sermon on the Mount? He said this. He said, that's loving those who love you back. That's not love. But it's loving your enemies as yourself. Now, that's real love. And that's the only kind of love that's going to change this world. That's the only kind of love that's going to change you. That's the only kind of love that's going to change this church. Amen? Amen. That's what kind of love we need. That's what kind of love I want. That's what kind of love my kids need. When we are walking with God, this is what we do. My wife is going to be like, that's, that's so directed towards me. It's not, honey, I promise you. But, right, this is... My, my husband, he's not angry. He's just intense. Or how about this? My wife, she's not a brawling woman. She's just passionate for what she believes. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Is that Gatorade or what? 
This is what happens. 40 years prior to this happening, Moses doesn't think he can talk, right? God, don't, don't use me. I'm not good. I can't speak. I need Aaron, my brother. I, gotta, I, I, I can't talk. I need help. And now look at what God is doing. He's going on behalf of a couple million people. He's covering their weaknesses and saying, don't do it. I love them. I want to possess them. They are my family. I want to see second, third generation of these people in the land that they call their home. How many of you are blessed to have a home this morning, right? They wanted a home. And you know what? Moses wanted to protect that. I'm telling you this. There's somebody in here that's allowing their failures to get the best of them. Don't let your past failures dictate what God wants to do with what's left with you. I want everybody to say this. There is gas in the tank. There is gas in the tank. It is not empty for any of you. I don't care who's here. God's not finished with you. He is not finished with you. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we just ignore sin, right? What happened to the Israelites? Anybody age 20 or above, what happened to them? They didn't get to go into the promised land, right? So there are consequences. But this is what it means. We don't use people's faults and failures to expose them or to shame them. Right? We publicly cover them and privately restore them. Because we want people to be healthy, right? Amen? So I ask you this question. Are you an exposer or a coverer? So Dirky Dirk, I need you up here. I got a little illustration for everyone. He is not taking a bath. There's no magic mic night going on here, I promise, okay? <laughs> Up in the pool, brother. All right. <laughs> the function of an umbrella, right? To keep the elements, rain, off of you, correct? I want you to think about this. This is what love does, right? It covers. So it's, you want, right? I said, we need to, we need to cover other people's weaknesses, right? So I want to, Dirk had a tough week. So I want to give him a, an umbrella. I want to protect you, brother. All right? All right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just try this a minute. Let me make sure that. Trust me or no? you got to trust me, right? Yeah, I've got to. Good? Yeah. All right, good. So he's, he's doing good so far, all right? But this is what happens with a lot of us. And I think this happens in marriages. It happens with people that we are close to over the years, right? It happens. Dirk's a good person. He's amazing, right? He's incredible, but did you hear about that one time? Yeah, yeah, right? Right? That one time. I, I remember that one time. And, I, and he does have issues, but we're praying for him, right? We just, we pray for him, and, and, he, and, he, and he has issues, and, and then again, did you, did you hear about that, that, that one time, that one time when, 
when he didn't have faith, and when he still hasn't moved into his house. <laughs> but he's a really hard worker. He's a really hard worker, and he just, he really, he really is doing a great job. I hope I am poking it off hole. So what am I doing, right? I, I'm, I'm, I'm covering him, but I'm poking holes at him. So let's see what happens. All right? You can sit down. Round of applause for Dirk. <laughs> Love bears all things. The phrase says this. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. There are no exceptions. See, what Dirk needs to know, what we all need to know with people, that our love that we're giving, there are no trap doors. No, no escape hatches for love. That's why I think about it. If we're going to truly love the way that God loves us, we have to be committed. Even in the hard times, even when people hurt us. That's why, that's why Jesus was saying this. He's like, it's so easy to love when people are loving you back and saying good things to you, right? You're like, yes, keep saying them. I am amazing, right? Our ego is just puffed up. But what about if they just, they just drive at your integrity? They drive at your personality. They say things that literally cut to your core and they know that they do it, right? Now I'm speaking to people that are married because we're really good at doing it to each other, aren't we? It got really silent, like, oh my gosh, he said that? Jeez. It's true. We're all in this together. How many of you have ever watched the movie Lone Survivor? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, only a few people? Really? Wow. That is so sad. I'm just kidding. I'm so excited to sit, talk about it, and everybody's like, what is that, Lone Survivor? Anyways, it's based on a true story. It's a four-man SEAL team that they're doing reconnaissance um, in Afghanistan. And they are um, they're given the task to do reconnaissance on a high-value target um, that's in the Taliban. And so they're dropped off in the Hindu Kush, and uh, they're... Immediately, they run into communications problem, and then they are accidentally discovered by uh, an older shepherd and two goat herders. And now they are in trouble. They have to make a decision. Do we let the goat herder and the shepherd let them free so they can go back to the nearest village and tell the Taliban that America is at their back door? Or do they kill them and potentially go to prison because they broke the rules of engagement? So they sit here and they have to make the decision. It's called Lone Survivor. Out of the four, there's only one survivor. Marcus Litterall. He makes a choice and he tells the guys, we cannot do this. We have to let him go. So that's what happens. They let him go. They get in a firefight. And all but... 
one dies. Marcus is able, after getting um, shot, but he didn't get directly shot, indirectly shot by a grenade launcher, gets thrown into a rock crevice. He then crawls six to eight miles to a watering hole where he comes face to face with a local villager, Pashwan village. His name is Gulab. Gulab takes him in and cares for him. Even more so, as the Taliban, they're trying to get him. They're actually trying to pay the villagers off so they can get Marcus and kill him. He, he calls for um, surrounding villages to come and protect him. They move Marcus from house to house just so they can protect him, secure him, keep him from harm and danger. So Gulab sends one of his mountain men to go to the nearest um, U.S. Air Force base and to give word that Marcus is alive, you need to come and, and get him. Anyways, the ending is amazing, right? Like, U.S. Air Force, the special teams, they come in and they, you know, they destroy the Taliban and blah, blah, blah. And Marcus is saved. And now there's a big story. You can see it. It's happened years ago. But anyways, you have to ask yourself this question. Why would this just random tribal leader not just care for this wounded soldier, but why would he protect him? Why would he send a mountain man to go and fetch the U.S. Air Force to come and protect him, take him out of there, and Gulab has to stay there? There is an answer to this question. It's called Pashawali. Don't try to say it because it's really hard. Promises, Pashawali. It's a 2,000-year-old code of honor that requires a tribe to undertake the responsibility of safeguarding an individual against his enemies and protecting him at all costs. He's willing to put his family in danger, his friends, his whole tribe in danger for one person. 2,000-year-old code. And we're, people of God, we are connected to a source that is so great and so mighty and so powerful. We can call on the name of Jesus and we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us and we have a struggle covering the weaknesses of people that love us. And he's doing it for somebody he doesn't even know. I'm speaking to myself. So often we speak before we think, I am at the top of this list. He showed an attitude of action. We have to ask ourselves, what's motivating those actions? Why are we doing what we're doing? I said this upstairs to, to some of the workers in kids' ministry. I said, sometimes you just have to act yourself into a feeling, right? And then the feelings will follow. Two chapters prior to the incident with Moses and, and the, the potential stoning, we read about a family issue, right? How many of you, we've all been through family issues, right? Well, anyways, Moses' brother Aaron his wife, Miriam, she's really upset, right? How do you like this? This is good. This is like family feud stuff, like fighting stuff. Um, 
she doesn't like Moses' wife. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Right? You get this all the time. I don't like her. She's not nice. She doesn't really love him. Really? You know, and you know that? Why? So it says this. Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? This is Aaron's wife saying this. Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Well, of course the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very meek, more than all people who were on the face of the earth. And suddenly the Lord said to Moses and to Aaron and Miriam, Come out, you three, to the tent of meeting. The Lord said, Hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak mouth to mouth clearly, not in riddles, and he beholds the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. At once, Miriam became a leper. Aaron immediately said to Moses, Oh, my Lord, do not punish us because we have done foolishly and have sinned. Let her not be as one dead, whose flesh is half eaten away when he comes out of his mother's womb. And Moses cried to the Lord, O oh God, please heal her. Please. But the Lord said to Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, should she not be shamed seven days? Let her be shut outside the camp seven days. And the people did not set out on the march till Miriam was brought in again. Love conceals, protects, covers the weaknesses of others. Again, Moses, seriously? And see, some of us in here are like, she only got seven days. She should have been outside the camp for at least a month, right? Good discipline, right? Keep them outside until they repent, right? She needs to, re does, it, does it say anywhere in there? Like, let me read that a second. Miriam, no, no, it doesn't. She doesn't say anything. Love covers, protects, conceals the weaknesses of others. Why was Moses able to do this? It's, it's, it's simple, but it's profound. The Bible says that he was a man of meekness. My last point. Meekness is not weakness. Meek people... Plead, plead, and bleed for others. Did you catch that? Meek people plead and bleed for others. Moses was willing to do it. He was willing to sacrifice himself for his brother, for the entire nation of Israel. And who was he? He was a person of meekness. Meekness is commitment. I, I, I said above all, love bears all things. If we are truly going to love each other, 
We have to have a spirit of meekness. Jesus, in his first sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, he said this, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Meekness means you don't assert yourself over others in order to further your agenda. See, we can't be burden bearers when we're always thinking about ourselves. The umbrella. What kind of umbrellas are you giving to people? Yeah, I love you. You're going through a weakness? It's amazing. And then when you, you're not around them, you're, you're talking about them? Talking about their weakness? I'm telling you, I'm finding this out in my life. If I have nothing good to say, I better just not say it. I've got a long ways to go on that yet. Wow, jeez. I want to be, and I know Pastor Gary wants this, all the pastors, the staff. I know, I think all of us want this. We read the Bible and we see that Paul tells us that we are to pick up our crosses daily and follow Jesus, right? As bad as we want, we're like, we're trying to do it. We got a family. We got three jobs we're trying to work. We, 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 we're, we're not making it financially. We need help. I found this in my life when I'm going through the worst times. Instead of hoping for somebody to come and cover me during my weakness, if I come and try to pick up somebody else's cross and help them, God supernaturally brings somebody else to our rescue. Have you, amen, if anybody has ever experienced something like that, where, wow, where did that come from? Who is that person, right? Because this is what God wants. He's not, we're all on a faith journey. We are. You're here this morning. You could have been sleeping in, Right? Making homemade Belgian waffles, my favorite. Homemade syrup, oh my gosh, I can taste it right now. And bacon, extra crispy. I mean, I guess we have cinnamon rolls and they're amazing. So thank you, Mama Vanderbee, for making those. They're incredible. But you're here. You came for a reason. I'm, I'm asking you. Ask God right now in your seats. God there is somebody in my life right now that I need to cover their weaknesses. I need to get through. I need to put up with everything. In marriages, don't give up. Put up with everything, though, Aaron. Do you know what he's done to me? Do you know what she said to me? Do you know? Do you know? You've never experienced. I, and I'm not saying I have. But what I'm saying is that's what God is saying. This is what love does. It puts up with everything. And God, God is faithful. I know you want justice, right? Some of us in here are just like all about, give them the law, right? Give them the law. She's not, seven days, not enough. She's not going to get it. Keep her outside for a, a year minimum. And then we'll watch, publicly we'll watch if she toes the line. That's not how God works. And it doesn't win any of you in here. It doesn't win me. It doesn't win my wife. We need to be secure in God's love and our identity. So then we don't give glimpses, right? Give glimpses into people's weaknesses. Ephesians 4.2 says this. Praise Ben, you guys can come back up. With all humility and gentleness, with patience... Bearing with one another in love. 
right there, Ephesians 4.2. This is what this is what Paul was saying to the church in Ephesus. There is no way we are going to be able to start a community of believers if you cannot be a burden bearer to others. The Bible says that Jesus was the ultimate burden bearer. Right? What did he be? He, he bore our sins. Some of them? All of them. Past, present, and future. That's the hope that we have, amen? The title of my message was Take Cover, Protect This House. I want people outside. I want the hurting. We all want this, the hurting, the neglected. The people that got to give up. You know, this house is built on Jesus and that they can take cover here. And they're not going to be judged. They're not going to be criticized. We're not going to unravel a huge list of of moral responsibilities. We're going to walk alongside of them. We're going to be burden bears to other people. 